we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for April 18th, 2022. And uh, go ahead and open us up in the prayer to neutralize occult rituals. And then we will get into our, our a lot of Bible today. Um, we're going to be talking about um, Easter. Some. We're going to be talking about the overt UFO agenda that, I mean, the Pentagon's come out and released like over a 1,500-page document regarding, and this is all under the guise of soft disclosure. So humanity is really being prepped for something that's coming, or they wouldn't be doing this. So I'll go ahead and open us up. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, seated at the right hand of the Father, we come in the authority given to us in Jesus Christ. We place a hedge of warring angels with flaming swords of fire around us and our families continuously. We put on the whole armor of God. We resist and renounce Satan, the God of this earth. We rise to war by the power of the Holy Spirit against witchcraft, occult maneuvers, and devices sent against your will and the body of Christ. We ask you to dispatch legions of warring angels on full battle array to enforce our petitions and intercessory prayers and to do your will. Route your enemies on all fronts. Turn their hatred, anger, accusations, conflict, arrogance, and wicked schemes upon themselves so that they become caught in their own snares and fall into the pits that they have intended for others. We nullify, cancel, and oppose every satanic operation, scheme, maneuver, and strategy. Cause secret plans, agendas, and motivations of the enemy to be revealed for everyone to see. We decree and declare that what these people and entities meant for evil, you will turn it around and use it for the good of your people. We close every evil portal that has been opened by them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we break and cancel every curse, spell, hex, vex, charm, enchantment, decree, spoken and unspoken, sent against the body of Christ the innocent, and your intercessors by every witch, warlock, satanist, sorcerer, voodoo priest, shaman, soothsayer, medium, coven, and every minion of the devil work in iniquity. May they fall into the very pits they have dug for others. Lord Jesus, reveal your love to them. Save those that can be saved. Show them the truth about who they're serving and their eternal destination if they continue in their present path. Open their minds and ears to receive supernatural insight and knowledge to, the, uh, to understand the truth of the gospel. Bring them to salvation, Lord, if it be possible. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So, I'm recording this on Ishtar, I mean Easter, and I've done a, a teaching a long time ago, it was all the way back in 07, called Ishtar Easter, Paganism Repackaged. And then I also combined this little thing here with, is it Good Thursday, or is it actually Good Friday? Any religious holiday that we're given by the world. And most of this all originated via the Catholic Church. Repackaging pagan holidays into Christianized holidays. You've got Christmas, you've got Easter, you know. Um, any types of things like that, you really need to take a second look at it. Um, this is... Honestly, it's incredibly easy to prove. This is not this is not something that's really. I mean, if you're willing to look objectively at all at this subject, it's not something that's really debatable. It's just not, guys. Um, now, I, I understand most of my listeners probably understand that. Maybe my new ones or whatever might not be aware, um, and. That's what a watchman's job is to do, to warn about things, and that's all they claim to be, warn about, and, and a teacher, I would imagine, a teacher, uh, but warn about things that if you're caught in some type of 
snare, then if wouldn't you want to be warned about that? I mean, if you were in that position, wouldn't you want to be aware of something that maybe you're doing that could be hindering your walk or your relationship with the Lord? Doesn't mean I'm saying we all walk around in sinless perfection, but this is a these pagan holidays are a big ones, guys. They're big ones. And it is something that almost universally people that call themselves Christians celebrate. Easter, Christmas. Okay. Done I've done more than one on Christmas. Um this one is from 07, and I apologize the audio is not the greatest. There is a PDF though that you can look at as well which gives you the documentation. Um, I'm sure I've probably got updated one since then, but um, I'm just going to give you the table of contents, basically what we talk about. I said, in this teaching, we'll be focusing on the history of Easter, exploring its, un, its disturbing, undeniable pagan roots. To be objective, I have endeavored to garner input from not only Christian sources, but also Catholic and pagan sources as well. As you will see, there are three, all three sides are in agreement as to Easter's pagan origin and history. They're all in agreement. They all are. Okay. We will explore exactly when the holiday of Easter was incorporated into the Roman Catholic Church at the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, whereby this practice then started to permeate and leaven the other branches of Christianity, which it continues to do so today. The Bible says that we're not to learn the way of the heathen. Learn not the way of the heathen. Well, this is a heathen pagan holiday. Okay, here's something. Here, to me, this is the 900-pound gorilla in the room. Of further note, we will prove how the date of Easter is always determined by the biblically forbidden practice of astrology and how its date changes every single year. It can vary by up to a month. Now think about that. At least Christmas, they say it's, you know, December 25th, the birth date of, really, it was the sun god Tammuz. That's what it was always celebrated before Jesus was ever on the earth. It was, birth, it was celebrated as the birth date of the sun god Tammuz. Saturnalia, okay. Um, and Yule is tied in with that as well, which is essentially the shortest day of the year. It's December 21st, 22nd. Okay. But at least at Christmas, the date doesn't vary by up to a month. Okay. But because Easter is determined through astrology, I believe it's the second Sunday after the pagan holiday of Ostara. Because it's determined through astrology, it can vary by up to a month. Now, think about that. If this were the true date of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, how on God's green earth could it ever change? It would be the same day every year. Yet Easter can vary by up to almost a month. That by itself should throw up a gigantic red flag. We will also be looking at Easter's close ties to the pagan goddess known as Ishtar and the specific associations and practices of Easter, like the Easter Bunny, Colored Eggs, Lent, Ash Wednesday. I, I left out Maudy Thursday, which we just went by. Anyway, um, Hot Cross Buns, Spring Break, the Easter Ham, the Wicker Easter Baskets, 
Easter sunrise. I mean, I am telling you guys, this is all rooted in deep, deep blasphemous paganism. All these things we're mentioning here, just like all the traditions of Christmas. Okay, Halloween's just overtly, you know, pretty much wicked and evil. But there's a lot of other pagan holidays we celebrate, Valentine's Day, and and um, you know those types of things. I've got into that in just kind of cult holidays. I've done teachings on it. Um, Mardi Gras as well, how that's all tied in. A lot of this is very, very heavily um, related to Catholicism. Lastly, we will explore why only the King James Version translates the Greek word Pascha to Easter instead of Passover in Acts 12, 4. And how this is one more proof of the superiority of the authorized King James Version. Because there's a reason that it did that. And there, it's the only translation that does it. And I get into the exact reason in the teaching. I'll give you the link there. Okay, so then we have, what about Good Friday? Is it Good Thursday or is it Good Friday? All right, well, I've done... I think that my main teaching on it I gave you here. Um, and I, I gave you the links in the PDF for this date, which will be April 18th, 2022. Um... End time current events 331 13 part 4. Table of contents Beltane, Easter. Beltane being um, May Day or May 1st. Also a very high level uh, pagan satanic holiday. Um, we talk about Halloween. We talk about the kidnappings that go on prior to these satanic holidays because typically during holidays like Easter, Beltane, Halloween, uh, Christmas, Saturnalia, you'll um, you'll always see a spike in um, kidnappings during those times uh, to fuel the human sacrifices or, I mean, depending on if it's a lower level COVID, maybe animal sacrifices taking place because those are typically required. Um, there's all kind of really, really bad stuff that they do on these holidays. That's how, though, the holidays are actually accurately celebrated. When, when you try to Christianize something that's wicked and evil, like Ishtar or Saturnalia, you know, that's not biblical, obviously, okay? The Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Psalm 11, verse 3. Well, the foundations of Easter, of Christmas, of these types of holidays, especially when you Christianize them, the foundations of them have been destroyed from the beginning. And if the foundation is destroyed, there's nothing you can do to uncorrupt it. Which is what, I guess, the, the modern day justification for the 501c3 pastors worldwide, their justifications that they use to say, well, Christ is the reason for this. No, he's not. Tammuz is the reason for the season when it comes to Christmas. And Ishtar is the reason, the goddess Ishtar, the fertility goddess Ishtar, is the reason for the season when it comes to celebrating Easter. It's a fertility goddess, uh, fertility rite. And it's really, really dark. What they, I mean, how you, if you really wanted to accurately celebrate it, you know, there's human sacrifice involved and all kind of stuff like that. Same for Christmas. You can't Christianize something that's wicked and corrupt, is what I'm saying. You can try, but show me the Bible for doing that. 
Jesus said, beware the Pharisees and Sadducees because of their doctrine. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And the leaven was their doctrine. Well, this is leaven. This is bad doctrine that is permeated in the churches throughout the generations. It's become traditions. And the Bible says, um, the traditions of men have made the word of God of none effect. This is a great example of a tradition that's made the word of God of none effect. God doesn't want to celebrate pagan holidays in the church. I don't have to pray about that. Well, maybe he does. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Ever. So then you get into Galatians 4.16, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Yeah. Um, normally, if you tell this to somebody, and, and they're, everybody's right now pontificating on Facebook and everywhere about the Christians, about how Christ is, you know, this and that, and, and uh, much of what they're saying is true. The problem is, is they're celebrating on a pagan holiday, and that has literally human sacrifice involved with it, if you practice it in its purest form. Why would you want to commingle the two from a Christian perspective? Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. The Bible's super clear. Learn not the way of the heathen. You know, separate yourself from that type of stuff. But no, no, it's just everything's commingled. It's all, oh, but that's the world. So, anyway, I give you the two teachings where I cover it here. Or you can key in Easter and Good Friday in the keyword search box. You'll find them up on contendingfortruth.com. Um, I, I don't cover this every year on Easter. I mean, I'm, I might not even do it once, but every few years. But I just feel as though it's something that, you know, needs to be addressed. Okay, so going further here. Pentagon releases 1,500 pages of secret documents about the shadowy UFO program. UFO occurrences such as apparent, apparent abduction and unaccounted for pregnancy are covered in these documents, which is what I've been talking about for years. That when the population is polled in an honest poll, at least 2 to 3% of the population has said they've had some type of abduction experience. Okay, and many of them, particularly obviously women, they'll turn up actually pregnant, and then the baby will all of a sudden disappear within about the third month of pregnancy, third to fourth month. They're abducted again, baby's missing. Okay, millions of times this has happened. If two to three percent of the population is experiencing these things, and these are not people coming out waving their arms and saying, "Oh, hey, this happened to me," I'm so proud of it. No, they're ashamed. But in polling, if they're honest, it's a gigantic number of people. I've been talking about this for years. The Pentagon has released 1,574 pages of real-life X-Files related to its secretive UFO program after a four-year battle to get these files released. The Sun Online requested a copy of these files, uh, files, reports, or video files related to the aviation, I'm sorry, the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program or AATIP, on December 18, 2017. And in this report, it shows a video taken by Navy pilots showing interactions with unidentified aerial phenomenon. It also has, there's a video of the infamous Tic Tac encounter 
near the USS Nimitz in 2004. The link at the bottom of this report, you can watch those. We filed a Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA, just days after the existence of the Shadowy program had been made public. Finally, after more than four years, the Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, or DIA, released more than 1,500 documents. It includes government commissioned scientific reports and letters to the Pentagon regarding the UFO program. So see, guys, this isn't just something that, you know, tinfoil hat-wearing supposed conspiracy theorists are talking about now. They're openly Pentagon documents, openly talking about it on Fox News and nighttime news about the and presidents have discussed this and all these things. And this is all part of preparing the masses. This is all what they term as soft disclosure to get people prepped for when, you know, the big D-Day comes, disclosure day. The hall includes reports into research on the biological effects of UFO sightings on humans. It sets out categorizations for paranormal experiences and studies into the sci-fi tech. Uh, here's a report. Battleships, U.S. warship chased by two balls of light, UFOs that dodged anti-drone tech. And there's a that's a whole other report you can click on there. The DIA, the Department of Defense's spy arm, said that some portions of the documents must be withheld in part due to privacy and confidentiality concerns. The Bombshell Freedom of Information Hall included reports on the DIA's research into the biological effects of UFO sightings on humans. These incurred, include burns, heart problems, sleep disturbances, and even bizarre occurrences such as apparent abduction and sexual encounters and unaccounted for pregnancies. The report noted that these injuries are related to electromagnetic radiation, um, the injuries part at least, and the report prepared for the DIA warns that such such objects may be a threat to the United States interests. Humans have been found to have been injured from exposures to anomalous vehicles, especially airborne and when in, in close proximity. These are these UFOs. It reads, the report added and said that it had 42 cases from medical files and 300 similar unpublished cases where humans had been injured after anomalous encounters. They're, they're just giving you a tiny little fraction of a portion here and what they're admitting to. But it's more than they've admitted to in the past. The AATIP was a secretive Pentagon program that ran between 2007 and 2012 to study UFOs. And the phenomenon has stepped from the fringe into a serious national security concern discussed by lawmakers, defense officials, and even former presidents Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. One fascinating document included the Acquisition Threat Support Report. And it sets out how to categorize anomalous behavior with encounters with ghosts, yetis, which are like Bigfoot kind of, spirits, elves, and other mythical legendary creatures. They're really coming all out of the woodwork now. I'm talking about even these things. All of a, you know, either flat out spiritual, demonic, or Nephilim-like origin, okay? Um, these are classified as AN3. Seeing a UFO with aliens on board would be classified as CE3. Poltergeist, crop circles, spontaneous human combustion, alien abductions, and other paranormal events are also categorized. Studies into advanced technology, such as invisibility cloaks and mind control robots, are also included in the document cache. Um, other documents obtained include studies into communicating with alien civilizations and plans for deep space exploration and colonization. So then we go from that report to this one. 
and I'm going to get, this is also part of a, a Bible study because I want to give a lot of scripture when it comes to these types of things, because this is something that typically most corporate type pastors are going to avoid like the plague. And um, I've done uh, over the years, I don't know how many different mega studies on the alien disclosure agenda, just key an alien agenda in the keyword search box or disclosure. And you'll see all the mega studies I've done. Kind of probably keep you busy for months if you actually really poured over those. Uh, so I always like to interject a lot of scripture when we're talking about these things because the Bible has answers for all of this. And I do not want my listeners to be caught flat-footed regarding this particular subject, which I think is probably going to form the backbone of the strong delusion mentioned in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. This one is entitled, From Beyond, Alien First Contact Could Destroy Religion and Spark Global Chaos, plus my Bible study. Okay, former UFO investigator Nick Pope, who probed the mysterious phenomenon for the UK's Ministry of Defense, or MOD, also believes that we may be on the verge of finding out the truth about if we're alone in the universe. Oh, wow. Are we alone? Mr. Pope told The Sun Online that mankind making contact with or being visited by aliens would be the most amazing paradigm-busting moment in human history. But it would also be a moment of fear and panic that could be the world's could pit the world's nations against each other. Just as we have seen the way the world reacted to the pandemic with no unified response and instead a disparaging mix of strategies, first contact could be global chaos, he warned. If that is the response to something relatively known, we've had p pandemics before, what would be the response to something truly new and different, Mr. Pope told The Sun Online? He acknowledged that this view is pessimistic, pessimistic, but warned that some people wouldn't be able to handle the new reality of man's place in the cosmos. The ones that are going to be unable to handle it are going to be the, the most, mostly, particularly, I believe, the Christians that have never, ever been educated in the subject at all. They're totally ignorant of Satan's devices. And again, this is one of the 900-pound gorilla of Satan's devices in the room that the church, for the most part, is totally ignored. So we're to not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. We can be destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. So we don't, you know, we don't want to be, we want to expose and reprove and make manifest the unfruitful works of darkness, like the Bible tells us to do, to be good Bereans. And most, I hate to say it, most Christians are call themselves Christians, are totally unprepared on this one. That, so he, he says they've warned that some people wouldn't be able to handle the new reality of man's place in the cosmos. Oh, I'd, I'd be able to handle it all right, and I hope my listeners would be too. Because, see, I know the truth. The truth is, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, capital W, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, the word, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now the word is an obvious reference to Jesus Christ. The All things were made by him. The cosmos included. So this is just one more gigantic lie that's here and that is coming 
with this whole first contact, could destroy religion, all this other stuff, in order to destroy particularly the Christian's face. Because he's not, the devil's got all the other religions, all the other cults. They're already on, they're already on Team Satan. They'll fall easy. They'll fall like dominoes. But the true, real Christians, that's, that's his main enemy. That's Satan's main concern. Who else does he... I mean, I understand, yeah, you've got angels, you've got Jesus, you've got, you know, all these other things that are gigantically important. I'm talking about as far as on planet Earth, God typically works through his remnant. And if Satan... He, 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 Satan's not going to deceive the angels... Okay. I mean, yeah, he deceived the, the third that fell with him initially, but he's not going to deceive the good angels. He's not, you know, they're not going to get duped. They know the truth. So, Satan would primarily be concerned with going after the saved remnant and deceiving them so that they would be ineffective for Christ during the days and times that are coming. I would think that's how he would be focusing in on would make sense um going forward here uh verse four in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not see when a guy sit like this this ufo guy and so many people in the ufo movement they don't want anything to do with jesus christ there's a guy joe jordan he has ce4 research and he has documented over and over and over again firsthand accounts from various in different people that the only way that you can truly stop an alien abduction what is termed as an alien abduction which is a very very demonic maybe sometimes fallen angelic related thing maybe there's nephilim involved in certain cases i don't want to be dogmatic about every single case of that okay many times are even our militaries involved but every single time the only way to stop an alien abduction is by crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ and having that faith in Jesus Christ. You can't cry out to Buddha, can't cry out to Krishna, they're not going to do anything for you. But when you cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's got hundreds of cases where it's like throwing battery asses on these battery acid on these entities and they go. They get out of the room. They're the abduction over. And typically they don't they're not reabducted. The UFO community wants nothing to do with that, with Joe Jordan's research, the CE4 research. Look it up online. I've mentioned it many times. They don't want, because the UFO community is, for the most part, godless. They don't want anything to do with God. In fact, that's why the UFO thing appeals to them so much, because it's like, oh, this is some alternate view where I don't have to worry about being accountable to, a, to God. All that's a lie anyway, because that's what the aliens are telling us. Yeah, because I'm sure they're going to give you the straight story. It's funny, whenever these people get abducted and they're taken up to the mothership or whatever, they're always told, you know, this thing about Jesus, you got it all wrong. He was never really resurrected, or they have all these different things, and he's not, actually, he's one of us, and he's he's an ascended master. His name's Esau Sananda Emmanuel, or Master Jesus, and, you know, he wasn't really resurrected. He actually got you know, he actually got married afterward to Mary Magdalene. And, you know, you got the, the Bible's a total book of filled with lies. But, you know, it's funny. It's the only religion that these supposed aliens seem to care about deceiving us about. 
And it's over and over and over they tell the same story. Going further in this, uh, going to verse 9. And that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, meaning Jesus. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. He's made it all. He made it all. And the world knew him not. And that's what a great example of this whole UFO movement. They don't know him. They just don't. They don't care to know him. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not, meaning the Israelites. Okay. That's what it... Now, granted, there were some that did, but it was a very small minority in comparison with the whole Israelite nation. Okay. Um, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave gave he power to become the sons of God. Now, in the New Testament, sons of God is in reference to a New Testament believer. In the Old Testament, before Jesus came, that phrase, sons of God, is always in reference to good angels. I believe it's used five times. One time, I believe, in Genesis 6, and then, I believe, four in Job. I might have that a little off, but, yeah. So, um... He, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Going back to this report, it says many people would be saying, fear the evil aliens, while others would be encouraging us to reach out to our new space brothers and sisters. Well, I'm telling you that there's there's this whole good cop, bad cop, alien thing. It's very, very prevalent. Um, the good aliens are here, and they're trying to break through but humanity's just not quite ready yet. And this ties into all this Gesera, Nisera. It ties a lot into the Q movement. It ties a lot into watch the water. Oh, what? Oh yeah, the Q. I've been hearing that watch the water for, you know, four years now probably. Tied in with Trump. Tied in with the Patriot movement. Tied in with the world's going to be this wonderful place and we're going to get rid of the evil cabal tied in with the ascended masters that say they're coming tied in with re replacing all of our wicked evil governments with good guys like Trump and these guys and maybe JFK Jr. resurrected from the dead or something, I don't know I've, I've talked about this a lot in times past tied in with the Nordics the aliens referred to as Nordics and the good alien races and then there's the bad ones the reptilians and the greys and the tall greys they're the bad guys good cop, bad cop you always have to have that in every satanic paradigm Hegelian dialectic problem, reaction, solution Coke, Pepsi you know so it goes on to say and perhaps one of the biggest hammer blows to mankind should we make contact with aliens would be to all the world's religions he speculated we could encounter a new raft of alien religions i'm sure challenging our belief i, I just saw mike adams just re-interviewed that devil um fact it's it's up on his website good old mike adams you know acts like he's a christian one minute and then he's absolutely yoking himself up with with uh new age freak pagans this next minute you know a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways mike i mean 
Not saying I'm perfect, dude, but you are really something else. David Wilcock. Yeah. The biggest new age. He literally, this guy, just so you know about him, and I've said this before, he literally believes he's the literal creation of Edgar Casey, the medium clairvoyant predictor that, you know, got almost everything wrong that he ever predicted. David Wilcock tells Mike Adams the global cabal will be taken down before midterm elections. And this is all part of this Q movement. This this whole thing that you keep hearing. I mean, Gassara Nasera, you check before it's news, and, and it's all this gar I've been hearing this stuff for over 20 years. Because Gassara Nasera it was originally called just Nasera, where we're gonna go to a gold back currency. I said it recently, I said all the tenets of it. We're gonna have med beds and we're we're gonna um, all the wicked cabal's gonna go down and all these wonderful things are gonna happen. Free energy. Be careful. Because the deception that's coming is is going to make the deception that we're in right now probably look like a walk in the park. But yeah, he just he's saying that um now the global cabal will be taken down before midterm elections. Well, I've been hearing that for about about 22 years that they're going to go down. I'm always wrong. Just like all the Q predictions, always wrong. Just like every every time I check like before it's news, it's the same garbage repackaged over and over and over that I've been hearing for about 22 years at this point. You know, I, I, I can go up there right now. First, first lead report, situation update. And a child shall lead them, Isaiah 11, 6. The mass arrests are coming. Again, I've been hearing that for, I don't even know how long. Nisera Gassara starts. The true origins of Easter. Now, I don't know if they're going to get into that. And the real origins, I don't know if they're going to try to commingle some truth in there. Some people say, well, if they're not lying about that, they're, they're not lying about the other. No, easy, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. I mean... It's never-ending lies that I, that you would read up there. Never-ending lies. And one of the things they're always saying is watch the water. Hmm. Didn't you hear a lot about that this week? Um, I'm not going to cover that this week, guys. I'm not going to do the Brian Artist snake venom thing. I'm going to give it a little bit of time. Um... The Bible talks about it's an honor of it's the honor of kings to search out a matter. And while I'm not disputing everything that he's saying, I'm not disputing that there are drugs made with snake venom and that remdesivir is probably there's a component of it in there, and monoclonal antibodies, and it could be a component of the shots. We've well established how wicked and evil remdesivir, monoclonal antibodies, or Regeneron is. Um, how wicked and evil the shots are, how wicked and evil their therapies are. We've already established how wicked and evil that all is, okay? It, it only took like, you know, five hours for him to fully explain, this Brian Artist guy, to fully explain this whole theory. I'm not going to burden my listeners with a five-hour study on explaining every single intricacy of the snake venom stuff. Could all be true. Granted, the caduceus symbol, you got the intertwining snakes, which looks like DNA. 
Sure, I'm sure they would want to get serpentine DNA in our systems. I've been saying that, that they're trying to commingle their DNA with us. I've been saying that they're doing that through the kill shots primarily. Third strand DNA, most likely, in the kill shots. I'm just a little reluctant to take five hours to go into this, and I really want to look at it further. There's definitely some red flags in some of the things he said um, that I'm not even going to get into right now. But I also don't want it to be something where everybody bought buys into this hook line and sinker and then you know three weeks or a month from now it's totally debunked by mainstream media and they make the whole movement that's been exposing the factual easily um, provable factual knowledge how wicked these and evil these shots are then that discredits all that research so i'm not gonna just jump on this bandwagon and believe every single thing that he's saying i'm gonna look at it some more i'm gonna keep examining it i need to do that for the sake of my listeners um again i'm not saying it's not true I'm not saying that but um there's definitely some red flags that i will be covering and um i, I personally i don't know that guy just there's something about him I mean, being yoked up with Mike Adams and being yoked up with and the, so many of these people are, are into the new age they're are kind of yoked into the new age stuff that, with these seminars that they tend to go to and that I've talked about before Cherry Tenpenny and Dr. Kerry Modge and I really could see them all of eventually getting and pointing to this other Nisera Gesera remove the wicked evil cabal type of movement so I'm very leery about hitching my wagon to that train because I've seen so many red flags on now it could be 99% truth but it's that 1% leaven that really has me more concerned than anything so that will be covered in a future uh, teaching Lord willing uh, so he says he speculated we could encounter a new raft of alien religions changing, challenging our belief systems. Well, you better believe they're, that's the, what they're going to do. That's going to be the primary crux and backbone of, you know, you want our goodies? You want all the tech that we're going to give you? Well, then, you know, you better come around to our way of thinking. If you want all the goodies and the people, so many people that are in the UFO movement, that's all they care about is the tech. What are we going to get? Gimme, 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 gimme. I want all the goodies from Satan. Well, Satan will meet you at your need. I've, I've been seeing that dynamic that I just spoke about in the UFO movement for over 20 years. You boil it down and what they really want is the tech. Um, challenging our belief systems with the space civilization with the space civilization wanting to convert us to their faith or aliens could be the other side of the spectrum a hyper advanced race who have dismissed all faiths as primitive superstitions mr pope told the sun online either way it could be the biggest culture shock for religions that they have ever encountered yeah true 
It would shake them to their very core. It's not going to shake me to my very core. It's not going to shake me at all. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. It could destroy them. Nah, I think all the pagan religions will just be amalgamated. Don't we have to have a one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet anyway? Wouldn't this be the easiest way to get us there? Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't this already be the easiest way? Just amalgamate all the religions into one universal satanic religious system with, with witchcraft as its backbone, as I've predicted. And um, it would more assimilate them more than destroy them. It would, it would fundamentally change the nature of human society. Yeah, probably true. Well, here, here's why I'm not too concerned about it. Because of what Matthew says, the book of Matthew says in 724 verses 27, Jesus Christ says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these saying of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. Well, let me tell you, this is the biggest amount of, this is like hurricane, the biggest hurricane you've ever heard of. Cat 5 on steroids. Coming at all the world's religions. Most of them, yes, will crumble and be assimilated, but... Unless you've got verse 24 and 25 of 725 in Matthew, unless you're there as a Christian, if you're not, well, then this is what's going to happen. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I hate to say but most christians that identify as christians are going to be in that latter category because they've been totally ill-equipped in so many ways not just you know pre prepare for the coming whatever deception and delusion that god said he was going to send in second thessalonians chapter two for this cause god will send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie this is the strong delusion i believe the bible's talking about most likely I think we're in we're already in the strong delusion, but I think that what is coming is going to be a, of a much higher magnitude. For this cause, God will send them strong delusion that, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The love of the truth. Receive it. But a lot of times the truth is very hard to deal with, especially if you've did something like practiced Ishtar for 20 last 20, 30, 40 years and you're confronted with the fact that it's pagan. You know, it's not easy, but just humble yourself and, and you know, repent, admit you're wrong and, and go forward. God will forgive you. It, it's really not that complicated. Next report, no joke, NASA hires priests to help prepare humanity for alien contact in the Center of Theological Inquiry Program at Princeton University. NASA is hiring 24, isn't it weird, the Catholic Church and NASA and Princeton University are all yoked up? Isn't that kind of weird? 
NASA is hiring 24 priests and theologians in its program at the chief, at the Center of Theological Inquiry at Princeton to prepare humanity for ET contact, extraterrestrial contact. Plus another Bible study. I'm gonna I'm gonna do. NASA is looking up to priests and theologians for help with assessing how humans will react if alien life is found on other planets and how the discovery could impact our ideas of God and creation. If I wanted to prepare myself for an alien contact, the last people I would turn to would be any priest, rabbi, imam, or Greek or Hebrew scholar. If you want to know how to prepare for alien contact, you need to find yourself a King James Bible believer who could show you a few things about the fallen angels having sex with human women, creating hybrid monsters who became the Genesis 6 giants. Yeah, that's a pretty good start. And then a quick trip to the verses, Ecclesiastes 1.9, which says, The thing that has been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there's no new thing under the sun. And then if you look at the this next verse, Matthew 24, 37, but as the days of Noe were, or Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus Christ coming back. Well, Ecclesiastes 1, 9 says there's, you know, the thing that has been, it is that which shall be. And again, we're going to see a resurgence of this. We're going to see a resurgence of what happened in Genesis 6 with the giants. Jesus Christ predicted, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Which is the days that we're in. Whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, whatever. We're in those days. Genesis 6, 1 2 and 4 says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives, all that they chose. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare them, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men of old, men of renown. So where we got a lot of our Greek and uh, those types of um, mythologies and type of thing came from that some of the most illiterate people on the face of the planet earth when it comes to understanding the bible are priests rabbis greek and hebrew scholars because the traditions of men have made the word of god of none effect essentially um in my entire life i've never met any of these people who could talk about actual bible doctrine intelligently for more than five minutes well i'm gonna throw some bible verses in there which are applicable to that Isaiah 56, 10 and 11. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. Why? Because they're greedy. Because they can never have enough. Because they're dumb. They're, they're dumb dogs. They're ignorant. They're loving to slumber. They are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his gain. From his quarter. That's more applicable now than it's ever been. With the whole 501c3 corporate church system. And the way it's all set up. 
On one occasion, when Jesus was addressing the religious leaders of the day, in this case, the Pharisees and scribes, he said in Mark 7.13, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things ye do. When you have priests, rabbis, preachers, pastors, these types that can't, you know, even talk about Bible doctrine or do it accurately. Most of the time it's because they have been spoiled through bad seminary training, making the word of God of an effect through your tradition. Bad denominational theology, these types of things. Not all, but I'd say the mo most. Going back to this report, it says, but having Nassau turned to these demonically infested, biblically illiterate priests for advice on how to best prepare humans for fallen angel contact confirms the very first warning Jesus gives in the end times in Matthew 24, 4. Take heed that no man deceive you. No man deceive you, okay? The Vatican has been talking about alien contact for quite some time now. And they look out into space through their telescope named Lucifer. Yeah, did you know that? The Vatican Advanced Technology Telescope is named Lucifer and is housed in their own observatory located on Mount Graham in Arizona. There's a whole report on that. I'll give you the link there for it. From the Daily Mail in the UK, they say NASA is hiring 24 theologians to take part in its program at the Center for Theological Inquiry at Princeton University in New Jersey, which NASA gave 1.1 a $1.1 million grant to in, in uh, 2014. CTI is described as building bridges under of understanding by convening theologians, scientists, scholars, and policymakers to think together and inform public thinking on global concerns. No, they want to make sure everybody is on has the same lines they're reading on the script that they're giving. They want to, they want to make sure they're all deceived on the same level so that when disclosure happens, they're not all one one of them is not saying this and one of them is not. And they want to get as many, particularly theologians, on the same page as they are. Okay? That would make sense. I mean, you know. The program aims to answer questions that have baffled us since the beginning of time, such as what is life? What does it mean to be alive? Where do we draw the line between human and alien? What are the possibilities for sentient life in other places? The Reverend Dr. Davison, a priest and theologian of the University of Cambridge with a doctorate in biochemistry and from Ox Oxford, is among the 24 uh, demon-possessed theologians, the Times reported. Oh, sorry, I put the demon-possessed part in there. Anyway, Davison is set to publish a book next year entitled Astrobiology and Christian Doctrine which notes he believes we're getting closer to finding life on other planets. Studies and surveys have shown that U.S. Christians are less likely to be, believe life exists on other planets, but Davidson is not the only believer who does not think the idea of extraterrestrials is impossible. Dulio DeMello, an astronomer and physics professor at Catholic University, said she has several seminarians in her classes who often bring up theoretical questions about intelligence life intelligent life in the universe so all these seminarians that that are being 
birthed from this particular place, this Catholic university, and many other places are being sufficiently brainwashed before they graduate so they can go out and brainwash their congregations on this. That's why I've devoted so much time to it in this ministry of contendingfortruth.com because I've seen this coming for pretty much ever since I've been saved. When I read the book En Route to Global Occupation by Gary Kahl back in 1994, like January, I think I read it, around there, which is what led me to the Lord. You know, it was about the UN, it was about the Freemasons, it was about the coming New World Order, and it led me and segued me into a lot of what we're talking about right now. And I just saw that I never have been to a service ever. Okay, so I was in, okay, so I went to a, Lutheran middle school, Catholic high school, mom was totally in the new age movement. Um, then when I got out, I was into kind of like charismania and then uh, Pentecostal, charismania, the independent fundamental, King James only, unincorporated Baptist church, went from one end of the spectrum to the other. In all my years of, in all the, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of church services that I set through in that time period, I have never heard one sermon in that whole time period on what I'm talking about today. This 900 pound gorilla in the room that Christians should at least be aware of if it's going to be the coming most likely part of at least bare minimum part of the coming strong delusion. Shouldn't it be something that we're really apprised of as Christians? I guess not because I never heard anything about it. And that's what really was one of the main motivating factors when I finally left the organized church that really drove me to start this. And that's why when I started posting teachings on Sermon Audio, God blessed it. Boy, they ruffled a lot of feathers. I didn't stay on there really long. I was on there maybe a couple years maybe before they kicked me off. Because I was talking about this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm posting teachings and they're like, there's over 5,000 preachers up there. I was in top 10 every time I posted teaching. And I didn't have no seminary degree. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any. I'm a doctor, but doctor chiropractic. It's all self-taught by the Lord. I'll give God the credit for everything. The Lord Jesus Christ. I had no form. And, and I'm I'm like posting teachings and they're, they're top 10 for I think a couple years. But boy, it was ruffling a lot of those 501c3 pastors chopping their hide. But I was giving, I believe, that audience at Sermon Audio something that I believe a lot of Christians were craving, were really wanting to know more about. Now, granted, I didn't talk about that every time. In fact, when I first started talking about this, I didn't talk about it that much. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I know I wanted so bad to hear about this kind of stuff. And I craved hearing this. So I could imagine if somebody, like, if I post a teaching, we talked about this. Yeah. I was talking about subjects they wouldn't, most preachers would not touch. Doesn't make me better. Doesn't make me anything like that. I have my niche as a watchman. I'm not saying good, solid preaching, preaching the gospel is not incredibly important. But I 
was staying in my lane and I had that niche and I, it was became very, very popular and I give the Lord Jesus Christ the total credit for it. But um, this ends by saying in 2008, the Vatican's chief astronomer said there's no conflict between believing in God and the possibility of extraterrestrial brothers, perhaps more evolved than humans. <laughs> okay, whatever, whatever. So I'm going to go to the, um, we're going to continue this thought in the next report here. Okay, so continuing on, and this heavily relates to what we're talking about here. It's a study I did back in May 25th of 2008, so about 14 years ago. Vatican easing humanity toward alien disclosure. So when I say I've been talking about this for a while, you know, I'm, I, I can kind of back it up just by pointing at other studies I've done. And if you have, um, you know, the search engines are so... Uh, it doesn't matter what search engine there's there's none that i found anymore that are decent or good if you search for something controversial where the new world order is trying to push their agenda i don't care if it's duck duck go or swiss cows or they're horrible i mean yeah there's some that are a little better like the ones i mentioned but it's very regarding what subject you're searching for it can be almost impossible to find truth you almost really need to have a list of websites that you would go to to check certain things and i think mine's one of them that contending for truth.com if you want to search a particular subject you can go there and you're not gonna have to worry about any bias as far as you know search results being manipulated in any way shape or form we don't track you or anything like that either um there's no advertising on it you know and um you can search for any kind of subject you want and chances are you're going to find if it's these types of uh, subjects we talk about you're going to find a whole bunch of studies and or newsletters where that particular keyword search is mentioned uh but vatican easing humanity toward alien disclosure it's part one two and three says aliens can be saved they're they're catholics are the the hierarchy of the catholic church are saying that aliens can be saved uh, another little Bible study in the blasphemous do Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation exposed. Vatican chief astronomer, and this is basically the um, <clears throat> table of contents for that study, but I added a whole bunch to it as I went along. Vatican chief astronomer Father Jose Gabriel Funes, in a long interview with La Observatore Romano newspaper this week, made news by saying, just as we consider earthly creatures as a brother and sister whatever that kind of means why should we not talk about an extraterrestrial brother the statements by funis are the latest in a string of recent comments by vatican astronomers conf confirming a belief that the discovery may be a discovery may be made light in the near future about alien life now remember this is back in 08 i reported on this um <clears throat> In asking whether little green men might be guilty of original sin, like the original sin of the Bible, Adam and Eve, the Catholic the theologian astronomers don't blink. Father Funes said he was sure that if aliens needed redemption, they, in some way, would have a chance to enjoy God's mercy. No, devil, Funes, no they don't. Just like the Nephilim of Genesis 6 had no shot at redemption. 
Okay? That's not what the Bible says. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Does it say no Nephilim or no hybrid creature or, or an alien? No man cometh unto the Father. And that would include men and women, obviously. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, meaning Jesus Christ, for there is none other name given, none other name under heaven given among men, men, whereby we must be saved. This is exclusive, salvation is something that is exclusively offered only to humans. And I, I believe this is why they're so trying to defile our DNA with these clot shots. And in other ways, I'm sure they are trying as well. But John 6, 44, no man can come to me except the father, which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up on the last day, him or her, obviously. So there's three verses there that, that are pretty clear that this is not something that he extended to Nephilim or hybrids or whatever. <clears throat> And Jesus did not come to bring salvation unto the devils or the wicked alien slash Nephilim, only mankind. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11, is it? Yeah, 5 through 11. <clears throat> let, this be, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So notice he became a man. He didn't become a Nephilim. They become some hybrid creature because in order to redeem someone in, in this particular regard, in, in you're trying to redeem humanity in the case of Jesus Christ, well, then he had to become one of us. It wouldn't work if he became a Nephilim, then if, and obviously that never would be the case, but he would have had to become a Nephilim in order to offer redemption to other Nephilim. Now, I understand that's theologically totally garbage what i just said okay i'm just i'm trying to prove a point here that in order to redeem mankind he had to become as a man he had to become a human okay not an ephilim not a hybrid that's how it works he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men who being found in the fashion of man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Therefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at and at that name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Everybody, everything in hellfire. Every Nephilim weird freak creature living in the earth. We talked a lot about that. 
Every knee should bow, though, in the universe. Of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under there. They're all going to bow. They're all going to bow. These Nephilim, devil, alien, whatever creatures, fallen angels, demons, devils. And there's we could do studies on all of that, the differentiations of that. They're all going to bow. But Jesus Christ did not die for devils and demons and fallen angels and Nephilim. He didn't die for them to save their souls. That's exclusively offered to humanity through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his shed blood, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his finished work on the cross. And then the last verse, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to glory of God the Father. So going back to this, Vatican astronomer Guy Cosmolongo was even more blasphemous and said there's no problem in getting the Son of God to every planet with the extraterrestrials because as Christians accept Sunday during the Holy Eucharist, he's talking about Catholics primarily, maybe Orthodox too, I don't know whoever would celebrate that, but primarily Catholics. Because Christians accept every Sunday during the Holy Eucharist that, quote, Christ is truly physically present in a million places and sacrificed a million times every day at every sacrifice of the devil catholic mass no he's not devil you fork-tongued devil blasphemy because see that's how the catholic death, devil death cult has to work that's why you got to keep going to the priest and keep confessing your sins and keep doing all your works and keeping the you know the seven sacraments and, and doing all the stuff and penance and and you know even then it's not going to be good enough you got to worry about you know I guess, you know, purgatory and stuff like that because you're earning your way to heaven in that cult. So he's got to be sacrificed a million times every day at every sacrifice of the Mass. Continually, Jesus Christ is being put back on the cross over and over, supposedly millions of times every day across the world wherever Mass is going on. He has to make this, but Jesus Christ, when he died, he said it was finished. It is finished. It's the finished work of the cross. He doesn't have to be continued. That's why when you walk into a Catholic church, he's on the cross still. You see the pitiful picture, uh, the pitiful sculpture of Jesus on the cross. Well, their version of Jesus. The Isa Sananda Emmanuel, the same one in all the pictures and stuff, typically. The same one that's going to come back saying, I'm Jesus, guys. <laughs> Deceive the whole Christian church through the ascended masters. Yeah, they got to continually... Resacrifice him over and over. Keeps their little death cult going too. Keeps the money coming in. It keeps the control and power and because it's all placed in the hands of the priests. It is absolute total rank blasphemy. And what that's called is transubstantiation. That's the Catholic doctrine, the blasphemous, unbiblical Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation. And Rome places a vital importance upon it in order to control their masses. In the year 1215 AD, Pope Innocent III, Pope, he's so, so innocent, innocent as a kitten. Should be, it should say Pope Innocent as a kitten, the third, decreed the doctrine 
of transubstantiation. It's not biblical. So let's just make something up to, to control the laity even better. That's why the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 This is the Roman doctrine that states the priest has the ability to perform the miracle of changing the wafer, like the Catholic communion host, and the wine into the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ for all Catholics to receive as communion. Five years later, in 2020 AD, Pope Honorus, it should be Pope Dishonorus, anyway, sanctioned the adoration and the worship of the wafer as doctrine. So we need to worship the wafer, the, the, the bread in the box, the Catholic communion host. And they'll parade it around in the church. Worship it. Well, why, why does that? They worship dead people. They, they literally have dead corpses in different places around the planet that they go and worship dead supposed Catholic saints. And you could still, they're like dead. They're like uh, mummified corpses that are dressed in all these, they're same, they're, they're same I guess, uh, burial clothes. And they've got clear caskets you can look in there. Or they've got the toe bone of saint whoever and we'll worship and venerate that and we'll worship this and worship that. It's all idolatry. Every bit of it. That's why they had to remove the second commandment out of the Catholic Ten Commandments. The second commandment about not bowing yourself down to idols is gone. It's not in there. <laughs> Isn't that convenient? And then they just, I believe, split the Tenth Commandment in two. So then they still have Ten Commandments. Hey, they make a lot of money off those idols that they sell and all those pilgrimages that people take to go to bow themselves down to uh, dead corpses and stuff like this and whatever else they worship. It's good business. In essence, the Roman Catholic Church is declaring that it has the power to change normal bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ, the creator of all that is seen and unseen, they truly believe that the host or the Eucharist is the, um, in fact, the true body and blood of Jesus Christ himself and is in fact worthy of wor worship and adoration. Since they think this, do you suppose this doctrine will cause them to believe they are above the creator himself? Well, that's where it always ends up leading. And this is from the Dignity of the Priesthood by Liguori, page 33, some Catholic book. It says, the power of the priest is the power of the divine person. For the transubstantiation of the bread, really in the wine, requires as much power as the creation of the world. Thus, the priest may be called the creator of the creator. The last creator is capitalized, meaning they're literally calling the body and blood. They're transforming the body and um, blood of Jesus Christ into the Catholic communion host the eucharist and the in the wine so they have this magical power to do this and the priest may be called the creator of the creator i mean we're we're talking blasphemy on a level that defies comprehension really if anyone says that in the holy sacrament of the eucharist the communion wafer christ the only begotten son is not to be adored with the worship of 
Latria, which means the supreme homage that is given to God alone. That's what Latria means. So let me just say that again. If anyone says that in the Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist, Christ, the only begotten Son of God, is not to be adored with, with the worship of Latreia, or not to be set publicly before the people to be adore, uh, adored, let him be anathema, meaning like excommunicated, cut off from the from the church. Well, that'd be doing anybody a favor, getting out of that death cult. Where was that said? That last statement I just said. Canons and decrees of the Council of Trent, original text, uh, English translation, anyway, by Reverend H.G. Schroeder, uh, 1960, Canon 6. Anyway, yeah, these are direct quotes. The Roman Catholic priests have literally been brainwashed into thinking they are not only above the creator, they are taught they are the creator of the creator. They stand by this doctrine to such an extent that they have actually killed hundreds of millions of people that denied the Eucharist was Jesus Christ incarnate during the Dark Ages. Key in inquisitions, or Catholic inquisitions, in the keyword search box, I have done more teachings on the Catholic Church early on than probably just about any other subject. See how wonderfully Christian they were and how unbelievably Christian they behaved during the Catholic Inquisitions. And a gigantic percentage of people they were killing were real, born-again, Bible-believing Christians. But they were a threat to their black death cult from the pit of hell. Anything you want to know about the Catholic, just key it in keyword search box i'll probably find it uh in fact to this day it is placed in writing by the vatican itself that those who do deny this doctrine or any doctrine of rome for that matter should be damned persecuted sent to the flames and or whatever as is apparent in the following quotes and there's quotes there that uh oh i didn't even post all those i don't i i've posted these before We've talked about this before. Yeah. It's common knowledge. Very, very common knowledge. Approximately seven years ago, now going back to this report, uh, seven years ago, which would have been, at the time I did the the uh, teaching, it would have been like around the year 2000, I guess. Because this is from my teaching from my table of contents from 2008. Okay. Seven years ago, Monsignor Corrado Balducci made similar news when he said ETs were actually already acting with Earth and that some of the Vatican leaders were aware of it. Before his death in 1999, Maverick Catholic theologian Father Malachi Martin hinted at such more than once. Some perceived this as a careful doctrinal unveiling over the last 24 months. And remember, this was back in 2007. Uh, in a deliberate effort by church officials to warm up the laity to the coming ET disclosure. So this has been going on a long time. Let's listen to this. The hybrid aliens among us and have they infiltrated the government of the world? So here is the audio for that. 
All of the inhumane state-sponsored sexualization of America's children. This amazed website really normalizes porn. The real drivers behind this are the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. Yes. Tammy Murphy worked closely with um, Advocates for Youth, so they found a way to connect with kids with what they're used to doing, playing on their devices and watching little cartoons, but they've taken away what the truth is about pornography, which they're being ripened for grooming for sexual abuse by adults. The war on basic fundamental human rights. Vaccine passports or digital ID wallets or whatever name they call it. In Italy, it's the green passport. We have new names and they keep morphing them down with the market. If it steps into place with an all digital financial system, including CBDCs, they will convert our home, our car, and our communities into digital concentration camps. And I don't use that term lightly. At that moment, there will be no hope of building anything. We will have entered into a slavery system in which a handful of the most powerful people in the world can strip you and I of our assets, of our children, and control literally every aspect of our life, where we go, what we read, what we say, and what we eat. We have one, maybe two years to stop it. And the propaganda deluge. We are not fake news, we are real news. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. Some rioters were planning to murder lawmakers. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Joe or Hunter Biden. The biggest terror I mean, this is again, just, just letting Satan dictate the narrative. You know, everything that they're gonna tell you is essentially a lie. Here's Don Lemon saying that the biggest ter- uh, threat regarding homegrown terrorism is white men in this country comes from radicals on the far right primarily white men the divide between humanity and a seemingly alien dictator now they're showing all these these politicians talking and they're literally shape-shifting on camera they're literally shape-shifting on camera nothing to see here though no big deal you know these videos always get scrubbed uh it's kind of weird they always get scrubbed i I tried to keep the i don't know I, I tried to keep a whole bunch of these that were, um, uh, like, I, you could go and re-reference over the years, and it, it never works, because they always get scrubbed off the internet. So it's kind of a pointless endeavor. It grows with each passing day. Things have gone so far left that it isn't surprising that ufologists are beginning to claim that our government has been infiltrated by hybrid aliens. I have been reliably informed by a Washington source that there is a hybridization program in process. A group of aliens plan to produce hybrids, combination of human beings and they, their own beings. They don't plan. They have been doing this ongoing ever since the whole alien abduction phenomena started when our government entered into a treaty with them called the Grieta Treaty back in, I don't know, the 50s or 40s or whenever that I reported on it, just key in Grieta in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com when I believe Eisenhower entered into that and that's when all the modern alien abductions started. It went just exploded through the roof. And this hybridization program, which we've talked tons about, has been going on for a long time. Interbreeding with human women, just like they were in the days of Noah, creating a hybrid race that ended up defiling the whole world. That's what they're trying to do now. It ended up controlling the whole world. That's what they're trying to do now. Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days that we should be expecting a group of Nephilim hybrids to be running the show from behind the scenes because they were in Noah's day. 
So shouldn't we be expecting that now? Well, they are, guys. They are. If what I've learned is true, there is an intention on the part of these hybridizing species to take over the planet. The aliens have... Just like Genesis 6. ...created a hybridized species so that they can survive much better on the surface of this planet than hunkered this down. This is why the Bible says that if, it, that if God hadn't shortened the days, there would no flesh be spared. Well, it was the moving in the same direction in Noah's day. If you think about it, God had to destroy the whole world, save eight people on the ark and the, and the animals. And the, the people that hadn't had their, their genetics or their DNA or the animals that hadn't had their G DNA and genetics defiled. Because for the most part, I believe humanity had been defiled. It was the same, they were, they were after the same thing, the extinction of humanity in Noah's day that they are today. They're just going about it a little differently. But it's the same thing. And in their alien bases. So Tim, is it possible that there are hybrids walking down the streets of this town today? Definitely. People are abducted many, 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 many times. Sometimes hundreds of times if they're old enough. Mm -hmm. And they might remember two or three instances. But this phenomenon is clandestine. It is secret. And the way in which you start secrecy is by making sure that the abductee does not remember what happened to them. Yes. Ufology specialist, Dr. David Jacobs. Okay, now this is the guy I've quoted from over and over and over. He's the guy that, ha I, I believe, they walk among us. I just read you the back cover off the, the I think they're CDs, yeah, I got the other day, again. Now... Remember, if, if you read his books or if you get the, the audio CDs or however you may listen, please bear in mind, his is not a message of hope, okay? Because he's not coming to, at this from a Christian standpoint. He goes into great detail. I mean, this guy has interviewed, I don't know how many, worked with abductees. Um, and... The agenda is there. It's clear they are in a gigantic, massive breeding program, and they're integrating these things into society. They could be your next-door neighbor. They could be next to you and at the checkout counter at wherever, whatever store you're at. And unless God grants you the discernment or the ability to know what you're dealing with, you may you'll, you'll never know it. The, the, this is something that's going to be brought out in a great mighty way when disclosure happens because these things have already been waiting in the wings to kind of get the big show on the road. And I think this has a lot to do with what we talked about um, in the last teaching of the one before that where we talked about star children and crystal and indigo children and all that other stuff. There's a whole race of them being integrated into society. And they're going to play their part in this grand, incredible deception. This guy, David Jacobs, goes into it further than anyone I've ever seen. I mean, you want you want details. It, it, hours and hours and hours of how this agenda. But remember, he's coming at it from a totally secular viewpoint, not a Christian one. Professor of History at Temple University and an author has written several books on the subject of alien abductions, interviewing alleged survivors to yeah, gather. There's one book he has called The Threat, uh, Revealing the Secret Alien Agenda. Compare different testimony. 
which he claims then the secret life first-hand documented accounts of ufo abductees then i know there's they walk among us which i know is the audios that i have the cds a terrifying conclusion. He claims aliens are not only abducting humans, but are using mind control to integrate yes. themselves into Earth's yes. civilization. He would talk about how what they would call a hubrid, which is a quarter cast alien, okay? Meaning some what devil nephilim alien interbred with a human, and then they would they would turn out those are called true hybrids, okay? But hybrids still have a lot of the alien-looking characteristics, and they really wouldn't integrate very well into public. But the hybrids are then uh, bred again to another human, which would make them a quarter, let's just say, Nephilim, okay? A quarter Nephilim and three-quarters human. Now, they're fully defiled because their genetics have been fully defiled with this Nephilim DNA. And they are... 100% just because they're they're three quarters human doesn't mean they're team human. They are 100% team Nephilim, okay? And they have all of these extra um, types of special abilities like uh, ESP or whatever. I don't know all the stuff that they're they're adept at. They're demonic giftings, if you will. And one of the giftings they have is they can walk into stores. And basically, they don't have to have jobs because they can literally walk into stores and take whatever they want and walk right out with whatever they've got and nobody will say a thing to them because they literally have this, this ability to mind control the vast majority of people where they, you won't even notice it. They'll walk right by the, the cashiers and stuff like that. They won't notice it. And this is one of the reasons that they're uh, a lot of times they don't even have to have jobs because they can just do that and take whatever they want and then leave. Um they're pretty slick at what they do and they're here also in part to learn the way of mankind to learn his mannerisms to learn his habits to to learn because all of it's foreign to like a nephilim so this is why they, they've they've tried to integrate these things into society so that when disclosure fully happens they'll have all of these fully integrated vessels of satan ready to go and ready to deceive humanity like an army legions millions of these things so this is what we're we're facing here and its governments and an alien species is preparing to take over the earth recently the pentagon released a trove of ufo related documents due to a foia request a common thread among the documents were abductees with burns heart problems apparent abductions and unaccounted for pregnancies injuries were also reported related to electromagnetic radiation due to energy related propulsion systems are these reports legitimate or is this the next stage in a massive global psyop to herd humanity into the new world order yes there are government programs declassified to project jesus with holograms exactly. buddha muhammad and um, that was all declassified in 1994 and if you have a global agenda for global control then what you need to uh, in the end uh, is osama bin laden with green skin you need you need a global problem through which you can offer a global solution that's what you want john baum okay so continuing to the next report now we're going to switch gears over to some of the covid stuff here uh for months there have been many people sounding the alarm over the at-home covid19 rapid tests saying the kits 
include toxic substances that pose health risks, something that has been widely condemned by the establishment as a wild conspiracy theory. But now, even public health officials can't ignore the dangers posed by these tests. Last month, the Gateway Pundit reported that Ohio and Texas issued a warning after seeing an increase in reports related to sodium azide poisoning, a chemical found in the test kits after Biden promised to give 500 million of these test kits, COVID test kits, to Americans. The poisonous substance in these test kits is called sodium azide, which has an acute high, high toxicity and can be fatal to humans and in cases of overexposure, according to Sanford Medical. Now, in light of what we just covered in the previous, I don't know, two hours or whatever it's been. I mean, or not two hours, but over hour, an hour. <clears throat> Doesn't it kind of make sense that if Satan's agenda in Genesis 6 was to kill off all of humanity and defile their DNA so that the creator, so that the savior of mankind, as was predicted back in Genesis, and it was Jesus Christ they were predicting, could not come. Satan knew that if he could cut off humanity... Jesus Christ could never come because Jesus had to come through humanity from a lineage standpoint. His agenda is the exact same today. So everything we're seeing about how they're always trying to kill us off with the, either the, the, the COVID vax or the chemtrails or the GMOs um, or these test kits or the masks, all the different various and sundry ways they're trying to kill us. It's the same agenda from Genesis 6, just the mass extermination of humanity. Because essentially we're created in God's image and, you know, Satan doesn't, he's jealous, but he doesn't want there to be any vestige of humanity left at all. He wants to totally wipe everybody out. That was his same agenda in Genesis 6. The presence of this toxic substance was apparently only found by poison control researchers after the winter wave of Omicron. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, which saw many Americans testing at home with kits following this uptick at, of at-home testing. According to the WHIO-TV7, drug and poison centers across the country experienced a large increase in cases involving sodium azide, which prompted the Ohio, Ohio Poison Control to issue their warning. Yeah, I mean, they're just... Totally trying to kill us off every way they can. The liquid sodium azide is located within the extraction tube inside the kits and is a substance that is color colorless and tasteless and odorless. Well, that's preferable. <clears throat> then we have this. Will weaponized H5N1 be the next human pandemic? That's the bird flu. There is an untold story involving bird flu gain of function in the Gates Foundation and the Ukrainian biolabs. It is time to tell it. 3% uh, of all egg-laying chickens have died or been killed and nearly 20 million birds in total dead in the U.S. due to the highly pathogenic avian influenza. Something the CDC failed to mention in their report on avian influenza has crossed over to humans and other parts of the world recently. Now, this is, the, this is what I reported on in 06 when I did my 14-city tour on the avian flu. H5N1, that exact strain. Will it rear its ugly head again? It already is, but... Will they actually get human-to-human -human transmission at a rate they need? Because it has about a 60% kill rate, H5N1, avian flu. Big reason I did the tour. Because the kill rate's way, way worse than, than um, this whole COVID thing. We'll see. 
With the war in Ukraine, along with other disasters such as COVID-19 taking up other much media, it may come as a shock to many of you that at the moment the U.S. is having another health crisis, bird or avian flu. More than 3% of all the country's laying egg chicken, uh, laying, egg laying chickens have died or been culled due to the fast-spreading disease. Again, I just think this is all part of, of the whole taking away our food supply. You know, there's so many things that's going on with the food supply. A total of nearly 20 million birds have been have died due to, the, to uh, avian influenza. The crisis, the supply crisis due to feed shortages caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and that's all related, is expected to increase the supply shortages, which will push prices up even higher. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said that the cases of that cases in birds do not present an immediate public health concern. No human cases of avian influenza have been detected in the U.S. yet. However, in something the CDC failed to mention in their report is that avian flu has crossed over to humans in other parts of the planet recently. So I'm going to go ahead and play this video here, which is very, uh, uh, it'll, it'll explain it a lot more. Okay, so this is the Ice Age Farmer guy, and I'm going to, it's a little over eight minute clip here. My friends, welcome. By now you've heard about the bird flu. With hundreds of millions of birds having been killed across the world, Germany warning that we're going to see egg shortages by this summer. France just yesterday echoing those words, but actually adding we're going to have shortages of eggs and chicken. This is a pretty big deal. Even here in the United States, we're already having shortages of kosher chicken and of eggs here and there. It's because multiple states have taken the steps, including most recently North Carolina, of summarily stopping all poultry shows and banning sales of live birds to the public. Just to be clear, that means you can no longer buy chicks to start up a backyard flock of birds. You can read the post here from the North Carolina Department of Agriculture. If you're permitted to sell chicks, you can sell the birds you've already got on hand, but that's it. No more restocking poultry. It's the end of the line for giving people chickens. Now this is a pretty big deal, but it's even further codified by the USDA announcing a couple days ago that they are weighing the option of having mandatory vaccinations for all chickens. What this means is we're really toying with that complete corporate takeover of protein production, where only a licensed poultry producer that has the latest Pfizer uh, bird flu vaccine in all of their birds can be allowed to produce chickens. If you've got birds in your backyard, that's an illegal animal. It's way too dirty and dangerous to, to allow that. I also want to mention that some of the facilities that have been shut down uh, in the wake of millions of birds being shut down, like Rembrandt in Iowa, Iowa being the largest producer of eggs in the nation, and this facility being one of the largest in the nation, hasn't just killed off their birds and then restarted. They, they fired over 130 people and are not planning on reopening this facility. That was 5.3 million egg-laying hens were euthanized in mid-March. But they're not going to just restock it and start. No, it's the, it's the end of the line for meat production. So what's going on here is much bigger than just some random migratory birds dropping poop and viruses down on your backyard birds. This is a controlled demolition of the protein supply. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot more than that, after all, to cause what is being called the worst epidemic ever of its kind in Europe of bird flu. And of course, yes, as I mentioned in a previous report, all of these tests that are being used to find the outbreaks 
are the fraudulent PCR tests. But again, it goes deeper than that. And there is some hint of what's to come in the recent revelations that emerged from the Russian Department of Defense after they took back the territory and discovered documents at these biolabs in Ukraine detailing that several dangerous infectious diseases were being researched there, including H5N1, bird flu, uh, and looking at the potential of spreading these infections via migrating birds, which is exactly what we're hearing is happening, right? It's not just random birds. This was highly funded, studied research. In fact, it ties back to the very man who is calling for fake meat and investing in fake meat to go prime, Bill Gates. Let's talk about it all. I'm Christian, and this is the Ice Age Farmer broadcast. Uh, so we, you know, we'll have to prepare for the next one. That, you know, I'd say is, uh, will get attention this time. So this is Bill Gates with, um, or Belinda Gates, I'm sorry, and Mel, um, his male partner, uh, when they were together. I guess they're split apart now, I don't know. And this is them talking about the next pandemic. And they're all kind of nodding and happy about what's coming. You know, a lot of people heard that and wondered what he was talking about. Why he had the duper's delight grin. Yeah. Why he couldn't make eye contact with the camera. Oh, she's grinning here. He's grinning. Um, Belinda or whatever. or, or Anyway, his, his husband. Uh, he's grinning ear to ear. He looked away knowing what's coming. Let's take a look at what he's thinking about in this moment. Specifically, let's go back in time to 2008 when the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation started giving grants to a professor at the University of Wisconsin named Yoshihiro Kawauka. Kawauka started doing research into bird flu at that time and has since been doing that, even arguably during the moratorium on gain of function research. This is Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation is where this all began, and I want to talk about that today. Gates Foundation gave $1.3 million in 2008 to Kowalka. The purpose of this was to, use, uh, was to identify mutations in bird flu that could lead to a pandemic. You know, just, just to study, just to understand. Later that year, Kowalka unveiled his first tranche of research, saying that we were able to mix and match genes from the original Spanish flu 100 years ago that killed 50 million people, and we put it into bird flu, and we were able to make a very infectious version of this H5N1 bird flu. Specifically, it has to do with using certain genes that allow viruses to propagate in the lungs of mammals and not just in the ear, nose, and throat. You can read from the study here. Kowalka and his group blended genetic elements from 1918 flu virus with those of the currently circulating bird flu, and then we tested it on ferrets. Lo and behold... This allowed the virus to effectively colonize lung cells and uh, reproduce in the lungs of mammals. Way to go, big guy. Back in 2008, you effectively bridged the gap between this highly infectious bird flu and humans, establishing this zoonotic risk about which we've heard so much from Fauci and all the experts. Well, as you can imagine, Bill Gates was delighted to hear this. He went ahead and gave another $10 million to Kowalka to continue this Frankenstein research. This is 2009 now. Now, this $10 million, the cover story was we wanted to identify virus mutations that would serve as early warnings of a potential pandemic. In fact, the point here was if we found them early, then we could implement social distancing. 
or start vaccine development. Folks, this is, again, to be clear, this is 2009, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is already talking about social distancing, about which most of us hadn't heard for another 12 years. Nonetheless, how are you going to identify potential uh, pandemics? Well, specifically, Kowalka was tasked with identifying mutations in vir viruses that would allow avian bird flu, avian influenza, to get over to humans. Somehow, again, they're very interested in getting bird flu <clears throat> into people. Yeah, into just like they were back in 06 that I reported on. <laughs> it's just, nothing's really changed. They just haven't played that card yet because I don't think that God was letting them at that point. I, I don't think the COVID-19 thing was anywhere near what they wanted it to be as far as virulency. What was killing people were the forced mask wearing, the test kits, and then ultimately the kill shot. Now, they created a whole lot of fervor and lies in order to propagate the things, but I don't believe it was near what they were hoping for. You know, God is in control. It's infectious. Again, Kowalka was tremendously successful at this mad scientist stuff. He was able to hybridize the uh, H5N1 influenza with the seasonal influenza virus and make something that was highly virulent and, uh, and, and capable of infecting people. Of course, he said, this is our concern that it could happen, but I went ahead and did it in a lab just to be sure. When tested this new hybrid in mice, the human virus version of a specific gene, PB2, uh, was able to get H5N1 avian flu into a highly pathogenic form that infected mice and ferrets. Now, this actually prompted some pushback from scientists who have any semblance of ethics whatsoever. Here's an article by one Scott McPherson who said, look, I've been really worried about the potential for this hybridization of bird flu and influenza, human influenza. And for whatever reason, this crazy mad scientist Kawaka did it. He went ahead and took $10 million from Bill Gates and made this hugely um, pathogenic mutation. You can read down here. Kowalka is getting a lot of attention for this research, including more money from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And for whatever reason, he took PB2, the segment that allows uh, influenza to affect humans, and spliced it in to H5N1. The result is a more lethal and even more virulent virus than the parent strain. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the definition, the very definition of gain-of-function research. Right. Funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, executed by... Yoshi Kowalka. So will will they end up? Will they end up trying to play the bird flu card? It's been a long time coming. Because I mean, I did the tour in 06, but you know, it had, it had been rearing its ugly head for, you know, a little bit of time before that as well. I mean, I'm sure you could probably take it way back if you wanted to, but then we have this guy, former CDC director warns bird flu is the is the real pandemic. I mean, it's the real pandemic that's actually coming because again, COVID-19 pretty much fizzled. They just turned it into something through all of the different various and sundry ways. You know, the remdesivir killing people off and the ventilators and, and the COVID kill shot and the masks and all of the, the testing, contaminated testing kits and all the ways they were trying to get people sick and die there. Okay, but what they would really like to have is something that didn't, that wouldn't have to have all this extra help to kill you off. Okay, and this is what I believe this... Uh, person is in reference to here 
My friends, welcome. Yesterday I posted my report detailing the Gates Foundation's funding of gain-of-function research into H5N1, attempting to get it to cross over into humans. And I asked the question, is bird flu going to be the next pandemic? What I didn't realize was that just last week, former CDC director Robert Redfield answered my question. Yeah, I think we have to recognize, I've always said that I think the COVID pandemic was a wake-up call. I don't believe it's the great pandemic. I believe the great pandemic is still in the future, and that's going to be a bird flu pandemic for man. It's going to have significant mortality in the 10 to 50% range. It's going to be trouble, and we should get prepared for it. I do believe that the pandemic risk is a greater risk of the national security of the United States than Korea, China, Russia, Iran. And we ought to start investing proportional to that national security risk so we're prepared. Wow. So the former CDC director, who, for the record, was very much involved in and entirely aligned with Dr. Fauci on the response to COVID-19, is telling us in no uncertain terms that, yes, bird flu will be the next pandemic. In fact, it will be the real one. It will jump into humans. And he even cites the same fatality numbers that the Gates Foundation-funded gain-of-function research on H5N1 bird flu was able to achieve by splicing genes from the Spanish flu 100 years ago and the seasonal influenza now to make a mutant, hybrid, nasty bird flu that will kill half the world population. That's what the media has been telegraphing us is about to happen. I'm not the only one asking if bird flu will be the next pandemic. In fact, NPR has been putting out pieces posing this, sort of setting the stage with some predictive programming, and even organizations like the International Livestock Research Institute has been suggesting bird flu could be the next global pandemic. That is part of CGIAR, which itself was also funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to the tune of upwards of a billion dollars in order to create an agricultural system with gender equality and climate resilience. So there is a network of nastiness which has funded the research into the creation of a highly fatal, a weaponized bird flu, let's get down to brass tacks there, uh, and is now telegraphing from their various positions, having infiltrated various offices of health and agriculture and food uh, policy, that bird flu will be the next pandemic. Remember, even Fauci himself authored this paper in 2020, where he wrote that Pandemics have been happening ever since human hunter-gatherers made the mistake of settling into villages, domesticating animals, and cultivating crops. Because it's agriculture that has to be transformed right now. It's the food they're coming after. And they have warned us, and we should heed their warning. Okay, so we have that. Um, and then in the, in the uh, PDF for this date, I posted my video presentations uh from 2006 avion flu killer of millions and there's i think you can watch one online and you can order the other one i, I don't have anything to do with that <clears throat> i you know my every time that anyone's ever tried to put the that presentation i did on youtube prophecy club make sure they take they take it down real quick um uh, it's funny because they've allowed all these other presentations and i don't know what's because i refuse to go back on tour 
because uh, Stan asked me many times. He asked me literally the, the last night of my tour in Newport Beach was they just opened that location up in California, and he asked me, and I said, let me let me pray about it, and yeah, I, more research I did on the Prophecy Club, the less I liked what I found out. Uh, so I could not in any kind of good conscience go back and do another tour again. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if that's a way of getting, getting back at me or whatever, but you can get them there. Or you can go up online and key in Scott Johnson, Avion Flu, and I've got a free, free one. I've got three or four different versions. Some are shorter than others um, on the Avion Flu. They're more updated. I think I did it in 2008. And now you're not going to actually see me. You'll hear my voice, but you won't see me speaking like you would on the DVD. I did that in Wichita, Kansas. Um, <clears throat> the uh, about midway through the 14 city tour, I did that. Uh, and I'm not the, the whole thing about this prophet guy they had on there that predicted or whatever. I don't have anything to do with any of that. And I keep whatever Stan said at the end, you can keep that separate from my presentation. I just understand that I I, <clears throat> I did my own thing and I'm not going to necessarily, you know, like that prophet or whatever guy, I don't endorse him at all. Um, but my research that I did in there, that, that presentation is no less true today. And I believe every single slide, I put about 150... 50 PowerPoint slides together. It took me months to just be ready to go on tour with that. And I don't think there's one slide that, that would be any less applicable today as it was back when I did it in 06. So anyway, I'm about out of time here. Uh, people are now consuming a credit card's worth of microplastics every week from tainted food supply. New research has found that average person consumes a credit card's worth of plastic particles every single week through tainted water and food. The vast majority of people have no clue that this is even happening. Nanoplastic particles are less than 0.001 millimeters in size and plague the modern food and water supply, as do slightly larger uh, sized plastics. People who drink the recommended 1.5 to 2 liters of water per day from plastic bottles <clears throat> apparently take in about 90,000 plastic particles per year just from this one source drinking unfiltered tap water and it says out of a glass that makes no sense you don't want to drink unfiltered tap water you want i i run mine through a 10 stage filter and then another the black berkeys with then the fluoride filters um <clears throat> that adds another forty thousand plastic particles per year to the count um maybe just drinking unfiltered tap water does that evidently which is just all the more reason with this thing about maybe whatever they're tainting the water supply. They've been tainting the water supply. They've been dumping fluoride and chlorine in there, which are killing agents for decades and decades. So as I've said over and over, do not drink unfiltered water ever. And the more you can filter, typically the better, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> and and it, carbon filter is just not going to cut it, guys. you you, you got to have a way higher level of protection than that an examination of of gut microbiome samples revealed that most people today are teeming with both micro and nanoplastic particles that this explains at least in part the massive rise in metabolic conditions such as diabetes obesity and chronic liver disease micro and nanoplastic particles are also linked to localized inflammation and immune responses in the body meaning they also play a role in autoimmune disease and it is already widely understood that plastics such as bisphenol a 
uh, are linked to cancer. And now bisphenol A, you're going to get that in the most, like if anybody's drinking out of plastic, okay, you, you, you tip it over and you look at the bottom, it'll, it'll have a little um, triangular symbol with arrows and then a one in there. That means it's it's fit for one use plastic. That means it's the cheapest plastic, and those are the ones that are going to leach the most plastic particles. It's best, I believe, to drink out of glass, and that's why I said I, I think glass was a misnomer there. But drinking out of like multi multi filtered water, which has the fluoride removed in glass, I would say would be the best way to go. Mike Adams says I drink rainwater. I'm like, what about all the chemtrails in the rainwater, Mike? Are you filtering? You're doing a whole bunch of filtration from the rainwater. I mean, well water, you know, wells can get contaminated. I mean, even springs. I mean, granted, you can have water tested, and that's awesome. Um, but just bear this in mind, you know. you got to be really careful with, with the water. So then um, last little thing here. Okay, so i got to really speed it up here. Um, the, this is a Vive Silver testimony. From a longtime listener, Michelle, she says, thank you so much for your quick response. I really appreciate all you do. Just taking the silver one teaspoon for seven days has totally got my bowels back to normal. I honestly am in disbelief. I've been dealing with this for like almost three years. I think I had Giardia and that kind of lingered and I had long-term effects. But honestly, since I've taken this, um, I've been totally normal. It's just crazy in the best possible way thank you so much now i said what well, what i said to her though is that i said i would still offset the invive silver especially if she's had bowel issues with periodic flora intake and you always take flora on an empty stomach because th there is a certain amount of you know die off that will occur with the silver uh, in the flora i don't for most people it's neg negligible it's not that big of a deal but um, if you've had bowel issues and the silver is what cleared it up, I would really make sure you're putting the flora back is all I'm saying. Anytime you take a cycle antibiotics, you need to be in a good refrigerated flora. I'm trying to order like all the flora now that I get from Innate um, so that I don't have to order it in summer. So I'm kind of stocking up now so that when I ship out, I ship out with a little refrigerated pack. Um, so when it gets warmer, I can still ship. But then when I'm done, when I'm done with my inventory, I just have to tell people I, I, I can't ship anymore until it cools down because I don't want to ship a product and have it get, you know, 100 degrees in the box and most of the flora be not good or whatever. So, um, but I will say with, with Innate, they double, whatever you see on the label, if it says uh, 20 billion whatever per capsule, it's actually 40 billion. They double the dosage and then that way it accounts for any die-off that may occur in shipping or whatever i go a step further I, I ship out when it gets warmer i ship out with um little refrigerated packs with it anyway i've got like oh man i've got 20 40 2014 which is like kind of your everyday one i've got that in 60 and 120 caps i've got the 5014 which is a, a lot stronger about two and a half times stronger uh, got that in 30, 60, and 120 caps. Of course, they just I think they just stopped making the 30. I still have some left, though. And then I have the 314, which is the strongest one. It's only seven capsules, and you do that if you've been on a cycle of antibiotics, and you need to replenish your flora. Always do flora on an empty stomach. You don't want it being digested with food. You want it getting into the system, empty stomach. And then I've also got one for kids called Pharmex HLC Child. 
30 tablets. Um, things that flora is listed good for. Athlete's foot, celiac disease, chronic fatigue, diverticulitis, fibromyalgia, fungal infections, prostatitis, acne, allergies, uh, candidiasis, meaning candida overgrowth, canker sores, cirrhosis, hypoglycemia, jock itch, kidney disease, lactose intolerance, Legionnaire's disease, malabsorption syndrome, mononucleosis, mumps, nail problems, pancreatitis, PMS, sinusitis, ulcerative colitis, urinary tract infections, important in age spots, alcoholism, anorexia, bladder infections, bulimia, Crohn's disease, diarrhea, halitosis, herpes, indigestion, irritable bowel syndrome, multiple sclerosis, rheumatic fever, tooth decay, parasites, and helpful for aging, cholesterol, clot, colds, con, uh, constipation. Yeah, that one would be a really big one for. Dermatitis. In fact, that's where I would start with, with constipation. Is Definitely do flora first. Uh, heartburn, I mean fiber, you know, sometimes you can do some herbals, but I would start with the... Uh, I would start with fiber in in but flora and making sure you get enough water uh, consumption because if you're not getting enough water then the bowels aren't going to be lubricated uh hives lupus meningitis peptic ulcers seborrhea shingles sore throat and tonsillitis and um i just give my email address if you want to know how to order uh and there's links there you can explore each product but they're not ordering links they're they're just informational and then just for anybody that that might be interested and i did this a little i don't know I did it 12, 18 of 21. Um, so, you know, like a little over four months ago. Here's the recent audio I did where I went over my whole product line and what each product is helpful for. Now, I didn't go into great depth, but I was able to squinch it into one audio teaching. So if you wanted to know more about the product line I carry and what the products do in a cliff note version, there's an audio right here. 12, 18, 21. I give you the link here. It's health and exercise and supplements update and I, I give the pdf with it too now i'm way over on time so god bless you and lord willing we will see you in the next audio thank you